Welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast with Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Curcio. Here are the ground rules for our conversation. Respect one another. Openness. No assumptions allowed. Mistakes are welcome. And let's grow together. Enjoy the conversation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Diversity on the Hill podcast. Thank you for listening again. Hey, I'm one of your co-hosts, PJ. Sitting right next to me is... Well, it depends what side. This no, no, PK, no you, you. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll PK go with you. Here. Because why he's a little confused is we're I, sitting around the table again. Wasn't confused. We I'm have a yearly, well, yearly, some yearly meetings with our youth council, and we are once again back. We're not in the same place we were last year, but we are back. And there's four more of them. It's awesome, isn't it? Wow, this is going to be interesting. Like I said, I was giddy. So I was like, you I didn't did? know if you wanted me to introduce myself. Or, so some, or are, some are returning. Some are returning. So we've got PJ, PK, and then across from us. PG. PG. Yeah. Remember PG? Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you keep it PG, please. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I'll try. We got Jay Woo. Jay Woo. Jay Woo. Oh, he just back. totally went he off He did the, say Jay yeah. Woo. Yeah, he's Jay Woo. How about P Woo? No, I don't remember. No, Does that sound bad? P Woo. Go with Jay Woo. P Woo. I like it. I like it. <laughs> and over there. Yo, we have PC here. Oh, oh a wait, wait, PC. wait. Time out, time out. We already have a PC, but he's he's gone by PC before. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah. He has. We kind of got like a overlap there. We'll fix that. PCM? He could be, be PM. There's no PMs. Are you sure we haven't had a PM yet? We can just we go CMAS then. CMAS is great. I always use CMAS. But. Okay. Oh, we'll go with CMAS. J. Wu CMAS. We'll, just, we'll drop our pastor titles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Uh, my name is uh, Tabor. Tabor. PT. Physical therapy. PT in the house. I had a PT, but I thought we dropped that, that name. Yes. So now we, we've got all these people. Yes, we do. But it's a good group. So hopefully we, we will enjoy our conversations. This is going to be interesting because when we get together, it's it's pretty wild. It's a ruckusy a time. It's not hopefully. We're going to have a great conversation. Well, we'll have a good conversation. Hopefully it'll translate well because we always <laughs> yelling at each other and over each other. I don't get it. You know, Okay, whatever. <laughs> you don't have to get it. Oh, PG's <laughs> keeping it PG. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So how's everyone doing? That's a, that's a question I always ask. Good. Uh, awesome. All good. Right. Nice. I, have, I yeah. have a headache right now from staying up too late with you guys talking, but mm. I, I'm doing all right. I'm tired. But other than that, I'm good. So Josh is always Jay, tired. Jay Wu, for those of you who want to know, he's the youngest of the group, but he acts like the oldest. <laughs> so what you're saying is that I'm the wisest. Ooh. What we're saying well, is I that you... I mean, that's, you, that's one way to pretty think about wise. it. We're yeah. waiting for you in the van because you're walking slow and you go to bed early and wake up late. Those are, yeah. That's what we're saying. It what could be wise. There's also some who lose a little bit of their mental faculties as well. It could be that. So you know. heard it, everyone. Yeah. PJ is telling me I've lost my mental faculties. That's I'm, very. I'm so, this is a very supportive group. I'm so glad to be on the podcast today. <laughs> it could Thank be you. a variety of things. It could be. I'm, I'm not telling you which one it is. You you're not a doctor. You is that what you're saying? You're not a doctor. Not even could close. Be, not even close. But I've lost my mental faculties. It's possibly. Okay. It's possibly. Yeah, we we love you like we love our grandpas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eesh, I don't know about that. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Well, we are glad you're here, though. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're listening. And, and I think Kersey is now going to do his professional plugs of stuff. Man, you read me like a book, I know, dude. right? Like, I was just waiting for you to stop talking so I could say, hey, we also want to hear from you all. 
on the verse on the hill at gmail.com and then also on the IG mm-hmm. at the verse on the hill. Beautiful. Any of you guys follow us? Yep. <laughs> You're not even on Instagram, <laughs> man. You just got off. Did you did you follow us before you got off? I did follow you, okay. yes. All right. Okay. We I lost one. We lost one follower because he got off. So, okay. Now you're talking about following as in on the IG, right? Not yeah. necessarily like the podcast, like subscribe to the podcast. Yeah. I, I subscribe to the podcast, but like through Apple, but I don't. That's, that's yeah. 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 It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah. follow you. Subscribe. Yeah. No, no, no. Right, right, right. We just review follow. sometime. Yeah. just want to clarify with that. You, you can review you're... this one and say how wonderful Ooh. PG was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that PG guy, he was awesome. Self-adulation. He was amazing. Sweet. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to open up a conversation. These guys are really nervous because they have no idea what we're going to talk about. And they've been asking us forever. What are we going to talk about? What are we going to talk about? Yeah. Cause we want to do our yep. research. They're wonderful guys who want to yeah. prepare, you know, and they, be are, ready. they are usually very prepared. I, f- I feel like Tabor is always prepared. I feel like he is always ready. Like I'm, I'm good with it. Just uh, impromptu conversation. Tabor is prepared. Man. PT was the only one who brought a book. I, no, well, when I say the only one, but he was reading but and everything. He was, he was reading. So I, I brought a book. Did you read I, it? It's probably never coming out of my backpack, but I brought one. Well, I mean, if that's the case, I have a book in my iPad. Does it make you feel better to, that you brought a book? No, it's, it's always there just oh, in case. Okay. Like, what if I get bored enough? Will I get to that? That's book? the faith he has in us, which never happens. <laughs> <What? It> never <laughs> last time we were together, we got bored. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just kind of hard. Anyhow, yes. Yeah, so PT's one who gets ready, does a great job, and you know, of course, CMAS does the same. We just have a good bunch of guys, so I'm just glad we get to do this together. However, we are kind of challenged because the place that we went to, we thought we were going to get better weather than this. It's a little cold. A little disappointed. Cold. Beautiful. Now wait a second. A last year, cold. wasn't there like a challenge where they had to guess where we were? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Yeah, Did but we kind of gave it away because we, we were posting on our... <laughs> <laughs> well, they got to follow us to answer the question. That's there true. You go. And so when where, I say us, I mean... Where are we this week? Well, again, I was, you know, you just see you're a professional too. You, hmm. you, you, you basically bit the bait of where I was going with it. It was like, you know, you got to guess where we went because it was supposed to be warmer. But, you know, Seamaster said, it's pretty cold. It's freezing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cold. It's Green, cold. It's Green, cold. Bay. Green yeah. Bay is also cold. Green Bay yeah. is also freezing cold. Yeah, but we're not there. And it was one of the options. Oh, uh, man, you can't there. give it away. It's one city in all of us. <laughs> we're not in one place. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I, got some, I got some stuff to talk about. Let's go. So should we just, this is just going to be a, a quick little little primer here. Um, I saw this story. And Steve Jobs, old Birkenstocks. Don't, you're cheating. Tabor's trying You're right beside me. PT, right PT is trying to lean and read his computer. So you can't, you can't guess. But they were sold at auction. Really? Yeah. They sold them. They don't sell anything at auction. What was sold? His Birkenstocks. Steve oh, his Jobs. Okay, gotcha. Worn gotcha. out sandals. Birkenstocks. And there's a picture of them here. They're, they're pretty, they're pretty so, worn out. So a relic? Pretty worn out. Yeah. A yeah. relic, okay. I mean, and, so Steve Jobs wore Birkenstocks during the early days of Apple in the 1970s. So they're from the 70s and 80s. And it's a record price for a pair of sandals. They auctioned them off. Yeah. So what do you, how much do you think they, they did it for? We'll start over there. What do you think? How much? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Steve Jobs. Record price for a pair of sandals. Yeah. 1.5 million. 1.5 million. Okay. What do you think? I am going to go 3 million. 3 million. Mm. 1.57 million. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. So we're just <laughs> barely <laughs> going over. You're doing the prices right there. Yeah. Yeah. One dollar, right. Did you see the, how much it was? I did see. Right. Sorry. Man, you guys are You're right beside off. me, I tell you. Wow. Yeah. I, I was going to say maybe, I was going to say about like 50,000, like really. 50,000? Yeah. yeah. For sandals? 
I mean, come on. But there were Steve Jobs. There were Steve Jobs. Okay, then 100000 mm. But really, they They went for $218,000. Okay, see? So wow. we were way off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit high. That's what I said. I don't know. I didn't think it was going to be that much. I mean, I didn't think of the sandals. sandals. If it was like one of the original iPods or computers, maybe. maybe. But you know what? Sandals. I, I kind of feel why the guys might have went that high, though, because we were talking about the home run ball that Aaron Judge hit. That is going to auction and some people before say, we got on. Yeah, yes. yeah. Which because the listeners are like, what did we, it go we're for? not talking about that. No, right. I was saying we, the guys. What did that ball go for? It, I hasn't. Didn't, it hasn't gone to auction yet. No. no, what they're saying is that they're net, they're projecting they're going to net about three mil for it. That's where I got the three mil right there. Well, so they, that's so they saying. tried to sell it to judge for three mil, right? <laughs> Sandals, like baseball, same kind of thing. So we got three. He had to ask They're going to auction. They're going to auction. There you go. Yeah. So that's why I was saying, I think that's why they were that high. They just kind of carried that into right, a conversation. Right. Well, anyways, would any of you, does it, if you no. were like a multi-million no. billionaire, no. would this even, why would you buy an old pair of wearing First of all, it's yeah, disgusting. <laughs> like, I don't wear other people's shoes. Like, I'm not a germaphobe, but I don't wear other people's shoes. I don't like, think they, they're buying them to wear them. Yeah, I don't need them, man. I don't need them. I know that. <laughs> I don't need him. I'm just saying how his shoes are. Why would I want his shoes? Like, even if I had millions of dollars, I'll this use is, it somewhere else. This is a we- like. They got to put it in a glass case. Right. Yeah, yeah why? What if you yeah. walked into someone's house and you see a glass case of Birkenstocks? That is weird. And, I would. Maybe, and then you ask them, what, what's up with that? Those are Steve Jobs. I would. So it kind of reminds me of when I was growing up, my, my grandmother had tons of antique, like, China. Mm-hmm. That was really, really nice. And she had it all on this wall as a display case. And it was always like understood this is to have, not to use. Mm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like the big we, difference is Steve Jobs didn't have his feet in the China. It's true. <laughs> it's true. And and don't you think some of the but China yeah, was pr- beautiful? Like oh, wasn't it was pretty? Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a collector. And all you guys around the table know I'm a collector. Are any of you else collect anything? No, I'm the only I one. collect knives, but I don't display them. Like, like I have a lot of knives, but I don't display them in a case somewhere. You hide them. I hide them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 They're not displayed. It's all right. No, I've got some football cards, oh, autographs, nice. yeah. stuff like that that I've kept. So sports cards or just yeah. football? A little bit of everything. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not more. I'm not really a collector of material possessions. You know, oh. we can't take them to the kingdom. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, what I'm, a, I'm a collector <laughs> of souls for the kingdom, so I don't know oh, what you, you was go. thinking, All but right. you know, whatever. How do you keep them? <laughs> <laughs> And where do you keep them? It's all about padding your stats, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to display them on his crown. Yeah. I'm collecting stars on my crown. There you go. Yeah. I started collecting those little games that you like, uh, little puzzles that you have to solve, like get the nails oh, out. Oh, yeah, you do have those. Yeah, I have s- oh, so several of those. Collect yeah. Them? Yeah. yeah. They're displayed on my desk. Kids will come in and play with them, and but they're not as, like, they don't break. I'm not worried about kids playing with them, but. So my next question is kind of hard to ask then because none of you are re- like big collectors. But what do you collect? Because you didn't share you didn't what you share. I collect Pez dispensers. There you go. Yeah. And he has a super nice display over at the conference office if you want to swing by. I mean, less, I display them. Less There's than 100,000 of them. Yes, less than 100,000. I have less than 100,000. Yeah, you do. Thousand. Yes, yes. Yeah, I have more <laughs> than two. How many, real quick, how many do you have? I, I Over 1,000. Over 1,000. Yeah. 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 Pez, awesome. if you are listening to this, I <laughs> think you need to... Uh, have PJ as, you know, one of your influencers. Just saying. Yeah, I could totally be an influencer. That totally. I, I'm actually I'm actually in the in the Pez collecting world. It's not a huge collecting world, but in the Pez collecting world, I'm mid tier. 
Oh. I'm not even that high. Okay. That's impressive. Because I don't have like a lot of the old stuff. I, when I started collecting, that's when I started. I have a couple older ones, but just out of luck. Anyway, so this question is, so obviously someone thought these were worth $218,000 and wow. said, this is what I want. So I don't know, like Tabor, if there was a card, is there one card that you say, I'm not getting rid of this for anything? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I want to, I want to, um, there's a couple that I would say I would probably want to pass on to my kids, but I have uh, a couple that I'm getting, um, hard cased right now oh, nice. and they're getting, um, evaluated. Oh, they're getting graded? Graded. Yes. Nice. That's right. That is cool. So, nice. Some okay. autographs of golfers and one football player. Who, who, nice. Who's the golfer? I didn't even. Why do you have golf cards? They made golf <laughs> cards. So wait, wait, wait. Golf hey. cards. They made golf cards for like two years mm-hmm. when I was probably later elementary school. Um, so and they anyways. sold so well. So <laughs> I got Jack Nicholas autograph from one of them, oh, nice. and then Arnold Palmer's oh. autograph from That's one. Cool. So did you actually and, meet them and get the yeah. autograph? Really? Nice. See, that um, is awesome. And then. We got um. I got Reggie White's autograph on his rookie card. Ooh, oh, these could be worse. So, yeah. So that's that's kind of cool. That's awesome. from he was from Chattanooga. Nice. Oh. Yes. So if someone said, "Hey, I will offer you two thousand dollars," sold. He's like he didn't even think about it. I have a Kobe Bryant rookie card. I would sell for two thousand if somebody offered me. It'd be done. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, some Kobe Kobe Bryant and some Shaq rookie cards sitting somewhere. They should go for more than that. So I'm I'm, some of them. Well, Kobe's at least because he passed away. Go ahead. I'm actually surprised that you would let him go for two grand. Like you're a big golfer and you like Jack Nicholas, I assume, and you met him and had a a praise, and you would still let it go for that. Well, I probably want to see what it's first worth. Right. But, but um, if it was around what it was worth. Yes. I would say, I think my wife would like me to get rid of them all and use <laughs> them for go. something that she wouldn't like, be collected. Sell them for five bucks, please. You know, 2,000 pennies, please. <laughs> so I collect pest dispensers, and there's some, I'd, I'd have a real hard time getting rid of them unless it was an astronomical amount of money. Like, even yeah. if, it, if they were worth like $1,000 and someone said, here, I'd be like, but that's my collection. I would be, but that's my collector in me. I I know I have problems. Mm. That's one of them. I mean, I don't call that problems. I, I don't collect, but I've got a couple shirts that were worn by Garth Brooks. Those of you know, that oh, autographed. So he wore them in concert, dope. and then they're, they're in my house in the closet. What would you sell them for? I don't know. I don't know what they're worth. Um, Do you put them on from time to time? I have worn <laughs> I have worn one to the concert. They're, they're worth less once now. When if, I had, when I had let, front row seats, but that didn't. He didn't notice me. Uh, uh, I was hoping for another yeah. autograph of that moment, but Ooh. yeah, I don't know. I don't so know if, if they said it was worth $5,000, would you sell it for $5,000? Sell one of them. One of them, but keep one. Yeah. Maybe keep one. Right. The one is from, uh, he wore it in Texas stadium, which was a really big concert back in the nineties. So Ooh. I don't know. I don't know what they're worth. I, I did go eBay one time and see, um, and it's same thing. He was signing a lot of shirts back then. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I'll oh, go look great. it up. Maybe I, I will sell. <laughs> now you've started something. Yeah, I don't have anything that I say would be of value, but I do have a couple of things that are of sentimental value mm. uh, for me that I do keep that. I know are worth absolutely nothing. Um, but my dad, he used to play uh, softball, and, you know, it. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but he suffered a stroke when he was um, 30 years old, and he wasn't supposed to be able to walk or, you know, do a whole lot of different things. And obviously he's walking and doing a lot. Uh, for what he experienced and he would he would play softball um 
and he has a jersey that has his name and obviously I'm a junior, right? Mm-hmm. So I had that shirt. Oh, nice. And then I keep that from the church where we grew up. So to me, that has sentimental value, but there's no monetary value to it. So good way to make my uh, collection seem terrible. No, that's not what so I'm awesome. No, man, that's <laughs> not what I was going for. Well, all I'm saying is I don't have anything of sentimental value to, to add to no, this No, you do have some of sentimental value. Well, yes, but not of monetary value. So it's just kind of like that's the only thing. And, and of course, I have some some other shirts. Like I have a, a couple of polos that um, I bought. For my wife and me when we were dating mm-hmm. uh, so we could match and I have those still just it's more memories <laughs> than this guy's this guy's clothes you I, see that the sentimental thing is clothes yeah yeah if you come into my closet I got a whole lot of that oh so you actually collect little clothes then not collect uh, though like, I mean you're keeping some of it mm-hmm. fair mm-hmm. point fair point I do think it's interesting like what about the Birkenstocks like why not why not his I don't know Patagonia Fleece. Or one of his turtlenecks. Turtlenecks to me would be more he iconic. Had, he had a million of those. He probably had one Birkins or two pair of Birkins. He had a million of the black. <laughs> I, I think it was just because it was the early days and someone's crazy enough to yeah. be like, hey, what can we sell his Birkenstocks for? But if I look at the picture, it's, it's yeah, like it looks exactly like today's Birkenstocks. Like They're this. just an old pair of Birkenstocks yeah. that yeah, are just... It's like that might not be the actual pair, though. Okay, to well, be honest, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it fair. doesn't say that that's the actual. How do they authentic- How do they authenticate? Actually, it those? might be because it says Julian's auction underneath. So right. it actually might be the actual pair. How do they authenticate those? Like, what if they just got some old? Bur- these are Steve Jobs, I think. <laughs> how do they authenticate these? No, were I, I actually think, the ones. I think they have to have DNA testing. I don't want DNA testing, but they they got it. was probably given it. to them by the estate, right? Yeah. But if I had an estate of a famous person, I'd be saying everything was theirs. Exactly. I'd be selling my own stuff. <laughs> wait, this wait, was theirs. Way to show us your ethics. <laughs> the, 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 funny, the funny thing about about watching Steve Jobs when he came out for the big reveals or whatever, and he wore the turtlenecks and the jeans or whatever. And you look at that and I'm like, it's like that that uh, Capital One commercial where it's like, it's easy, simple decision, right? When he has like 50 of those. That's <laughs> all like, the same. As, yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't know. I don't know him like that. But anyways. Go all right, well, let's transition here. We're going to have a little break and we're going to go into something that's financially based as well. We're talking about some finances. More specifically, guys, here it is. We're talking about church finances. Okay. And why we're the some of the faces we actually talked about it on the way up in the car. Yes, we did. And um, I'm sure they're not going to share everything they shared in the car. No, nope. but we're going to try to be as honest and open as Look, possible. We have a rule. What yeah, was yeah. said in the van stays in the van. Right, right. All right. We're not, not going to tell them what was said in the van. They, no, they get to say what they want. So can I ask before we talk about this, can I ask if there's, who exactly is following this? Uh, <laughs> Anybody can follow uh, it in the future. It. Here too. That's all right. well, that's... Any certain administrator <laughs> or the treasurer of our conference, we, maybe. We do invite them to, to listen. Listen, we'll listen. See. They see who's in charge of this podcast. They're not listening. Yeah. Probably they, not. Don't, they don't want to know. <laughs> no. All right. We're going to take a small break here. And after the small music interlude, we shall be back. Hey, we're back. Yes, we are. Did you guys have a good break? It was a great break. break. It was was not quite long enough. Chris took a nap. (laughs) I could have taken a nap. (laughs) I think Chris was taking a nap. You can always take a nap. Pretty tired. (laughs) That's fair. 
All right, hey, let's talk about church finances. A couple weeks ago, we actually talked about the state of the economic world, just to kind of catch you up, because I don't know if you listened to our podcast a couple weeks ago. Yep. But just kind of the troubles of economics and how we we as Christians should probably rise above that and know that God has it under control. That was our ultimate thing. But we talked a little bit about inflation, and I talked about the fact I don't understand economics. I don't get inflation. It's dumb. Uh, But... Well, we just talked about the uncertainty and how that makes us feel. And we started to get into it a little bit. And then I said, hey, you know, what would be good is to talk a little bit about church finances, because I know me and Kershaw have had some long conversations about it. And it came up with us in, in the van. And I thought, hey, this might be a good, good thing to talk about. Yeah. So a lot of people don't actually understand how church finances work, in essence. And maybe we don't totally understand it ourselves, but maybe we understand it a little more as pastors. And some of you have been to, Chris, you're like a finance guy. You graduated with a, a guru. in what? Uh, just RBA. a business degree. Yeah, marketing. And marketing? Yeah, but, but didn't I, you, I understand. Didn't you work business. in the business world? Yeah, for a couple of years. What did you do? Um, I worked in a hospital, just in like the business office. Gotcha. But did you do a little bit of, I thought you did a little bit of uh, stock market stuff. Well, that's what I wanted to do. Oh, I gotcha. did that on the side, hoping to get that. And then, uh, well, then I started, found the camp career, and right. now I'm here. Nice. So, never did it. but Never did it. Yeah, I wanted to. Marketing. But that's a whole different thing. Like, that's not a big job nowadays. Like, you don't really need a stockbroker. No, you don't need them anymore. I mean, you, do, you could, but you can do it yourself. So, yeah. See how Especially people like you who understand finances a lot more than I do. Chris helps me with my taxes. Well, he helps a lot. I think he helps all of us. He helps me with my taxes. (laughs) We'll see how my church finance knowledge goes here. Right. And some of us as pastors have done, helped with church finances in our own churches. Sure. And those kind of things. So how does church finance work? Because we pay tithe and offerings. Yeah. So the way it, the tides come to our church, the way, this is the way that the Adventist church structured it. Okay. Other denominations have different ways of, of treating the tithes and the offerings, but the way it works is that the tides, uh, we, we return those to the Lord and we understand the Adventist church understands the storehouse to be the conference, not the local church. So therefore the tides come into the church and the church takes all of the tithe and they send it up to the conference. So what what do you mean by the storehouse and why why do they see the conference as opposed to the church as that, the storehouse? That is just the understanding that the that the Adventist church gave to the storehouse. Now the Bible talks about the storehouse in Malachi chapter 3, right? And where did it go to then? Uh back then it went to the sanctuary. Gotcha. But um there was a primary sanctuary mm-hmm. back in the day, right? Um and frankly because we are a global church, they understand that the mm. uh organization Okay, um, as a whole, or as that entity, is the storehouse. So, because we're a world church. Correct. We're not, other denominations tend to be more congregational. Right, so local. Or have more different kind of segments. Now, we do have segments, but we also have what we call the general conference. Correct. So, so the way it goes is because these evangelical churches and other denominational churches, they have satellites in different places, right? Um, but there are some churches that are global, you know, like the Catholic church and that kind of situation as well. But the idea is the tithe comes into the local church. The local church uh, obviously sends all of it to the conference. The conference takes a portion, sends it to the union. The union takes a portion, sends it to the division. The division takes a portion, sends it to the general conference. The general conference takes a portion, sends it down to the remaining to the division. And then the division takes a portion, sends it down to the union. Yeah, yeah I the just got the Wait, portion, so they take a portion down. going up and coming down? Going up and coming down. Well, because yes. there's different there's different budget line items. Correct. And so tithe goes to pay a, a variety of things. Like it pays pastors' salaries. True. Teachers' salaries. Missionaries. Mission, certain missionaries. Certain missionaries, yeah. yep, yep. 
and it helps out with the world, world churches. Correct. And then some of your tithe actually goes back into your church for evangelism. Correct. Once the conference receives right. the and, remainder well, of it, after it comes back down through the whole system, back to the conference, that is what they allocate as evangelism. Yeah, One it. of the things we just looked up, Josh and I were looking at, where, how, what percentage of, like, if you gave a dollar to tithe, yeah. what percentage goes that to administration? We were kind of talking about that at the van. I'm not going to say what was said. Oh, we were like, into we it. were okay, like, cool, cool, cool. no, All we right. were, just, but 3.6% of that goes to administrative. It's go. actually low. I think wow, that's good. That's so, not bad. No, it's not bad. So you have $1, 16% goes to the world church of that $1. 16%. 16 point, yeah. And then you have 9% goes to the Southern Union, union mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. that $1. The Southern then, Union. Uh, yes. So you're talking, the, if you give tithe in the Southern Union. Yes. If yes. you give tithe in another union, does it go to that union? Yes. Okay. I would, yeah. All right. And then 59% goes to church ministries, which I would assume that's pa that's pay for pastors. Like I would assume that's part of church that. ministries. That's, that's probably because it doesn't have salary on here as pa So I'm assuming. That so that's my guess would be yeah. yes. Yeah. That would incorporate a lot though. Cause you have yeah. church ministries and then you have summer people. camp is church ministries. I don't know. I would assume cause somebody, I don't know. That's yeah, there's think, things I, I don't think it might be. Yeah. I think men's women's women's ministries, youth, Yep. I wonder if Pathfinders is yeah, in there. Yeah. And then 11% go with the 3.6 goes to administrative and 11.4 goes to retirement. This is if you're um, paying in the Southern union. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, that's pretty yeah. educational there. There it is. Yeah. I did not realize that. So basically 59, what was it? 59? 59.85. We would talk that's goes to the running of your everyday church ministry, yes. your everyday church. Right. But let's not confuse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every not, not your local church. Correct. Yeah. We're talking right. church ministries, salaries. Correct. So the operations of the world church. Correct. Yeah. Teachers. Yeah. yeah. It's all coming back. Yeah. Within your conference. Right. I mean, at least this, at least in our conference, our type. I guess this is the up. way the Southern union does it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming other unions do similar. I believe it's the same. I believe it's 16 up to the world. I remember in nine, like 16 goes to the world church and nine goes up to the, whatever union you're in. Now, what's uh, the world okay. church? Like, I thought the GC was the world church. That is correct. That's you're the understanding. You're saying that a portion goes to the, the union. Yes. Right. And then a portion of that goes to the G to division. The division. Yeah. And then a portion of that yeah. goes correct. to the GC. Yeah. Everyone takes a portion on the way up, but their percentages are different. Yeah. And, and right. that's what we don't have. We don't know. So we have a portion Numbers going to the Southern Union. Right. But then we also have a portion that just bypasses the division no. and goes straight up to the World Church, GC. Well, there are line items that are given, like on the tithe envelope, that if you earmark it for... like but You can't earmark tithe. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Tithe is not yeah. earmarked. Right. So, yeah. you don't, so you don't get no. No. So then, no, it doesn't bypass anything. It has to follow the... The whole structure. structure, right. So tithe takes a measure of faith in your administration. Correct. Which, by the way, the Bible never said, and this is interesting because a lot of people complain about, well, I don't know what the church is doing with it. When the Bible gave tithe in, in the Bible times, they'd take it to the sanctuary. And there were times when there were priests there who were doing they, what they weren't supposed to do. Agreed. And God never said, well, then stop giving them the sacrifices. He said, I'll take care of them. Right. You take I, care of your portion. I heard it put this way. Like, I, I should not try to vote with, with God's tithe. And I like saying Ooh. God's tithe. Like, so if I don't like what the church is doing, tithe is not how I, I convey that. Like mm. I can be sure. Like if I really don't like what the church is doing, I may have to leave that, you know, I may have to, but tithe is not a controlling element because if it's my tithe, like, well, let's say above tithe, I give offerings and I don't like what the church is doing. Okay. I'm going to stop giving offerings. That is something that's free will. The tithe is God's tithe. It's like, 
Not even mine. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at well, it. Well, I would yeah, mark yeah. that and come yeah. back to that because okay. there's some yeah. interesting well, concepts there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it goes it goes back to that whole concept that everything we have belongs to the Lord. Like, yes. Period. Mm. And then that whole idea is if you don't like what your local church is doing with that or your local conference, then it's not that you're, quote, unquote, leaving the church. You just find another community, right? Because yeah. it's like yeah. your understanding of what the church and its purposes as well kind of plays God's into God's tithes should not be used to try to control. Right. It right. should be just given because I, be, I want to be out of control. I mean, not out of, but I want to be out of control of God's tithe. I right. want God mm-hmm. to be in control of that. Does that make well, sense? Uh, like, I want to be, like, not out of control. Like, <laughs> ah. But, Jeff is out of control. <laughs> I want to be. So you're saying the finances at your church are a little out of control. <laughs> no, if I was in charge of them, they probably wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. So, again, the, the idea is we will. Yes, I agree with that whole idea that we don't have to take control. God doesn't need our help. But see, like my offerings, if I want to send somebody to summer camp, I want to choose. I am in a little, for me, I'm going to control, send summer camp or send someone on a wedding retreat or something like that. So wait, wait, wait. That's what we need to clarify here. Because a lot of people don't understand the difference between tithes and offerings. Right. And this is where we're going to go. Right. So tithes is 10% and that goes to the church as a whole. Yeah. The structure that we just And I I don't have, I feel like I don't want control of that. Right. Like I know I can vote at certain meetings and things, but I don't want, I want to give up control of that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I want the church to decide, and if I disagree with that, I need to pray about it, and God can lead me maybe to, like, but... If you don't trust your organization, you that, probably shouldn't be a part of that yes, organization. Yeah, so right. it, even if I don't trust men, I need to trust God with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, God is, like you were just saying, the priest may have done something in the Old Testament. God was still in control. Yeah. And so I, but offering is different. So offering is, so tithe is typically a 10%. Offering is free will. There's not a percentage tied to it not in the bible not they're even suggested. not they're even suggested in, in general it's suggested yeah. like they're, i guess they put it on the tithe they, envelope yeah. they but do have a suggested amount right. that they tell us but to i think give, it's between I think three it's to five percent i think it's important to recognize though that the whole tithing concept um in leviticus in the hebrew that the tithe means tenth mm-hmm. yes. right. so it's yes. not a number that's arbitrarily exactly out. that's it's what i was that's randomly. what i was saying it's, it's designated it's designated as a tenth and that's a tenth of the animals were given mm-hmm. for right. the israelites there's it's that concept of a tenth because that's what tithe meant right but often thank you for that pt but we're talking about offering doesn't right. have a designation yeah. however there right. is a recommendation from our organization from the organization yeah. says, but i really like what our, how our organization works there are some churches that give like a payment book like they, they you have to not Adventist churches, that's what we're talking about here with our Adventist church tithe. But there are churches that give a payment book or give like you have to pay this amount. And they actually receive, when I looked into it several years ago, they receive less per capita than other churches who it's just free will. Like, yes, I look at it as not my free will. Like I have, I have to do it because I'm following God. Like he says, test me in this. And, you know, but I don't want the church to say you have to do this. Does that make sense? Like, so it, it's more free will even – at tithe level, but it's not when it's between me and God. Chris, did you have something? I didn't, but oh. I mean, I used to know a lot of people who just double tithe, they call it like 10% offerings, 10% yeah. tithe. And right. That's how they go. And mm-hmm. they feel God is blessing them. Mm-hmm. And, but that's not mandatory. No, you no, know, no, no. Some people and, and offering, cannot make that happen at that point of their life. Right. It's a test. If you test give of offering faith. at your Agreed. local church, correct, it goes to your, Local church, unless right. you mark the world, you can work. Right, right. Yeah, you can, I you guess can, you yeah. can mark it wherever. Yeah. Right, yeah. again, this yeah. is that whole concept of earmarking. Now, now you have a little bit more control on your offering, right? Because this also happens where, um, let's say, someone's part of youth ministries, right, and they're like, "I want to support the youth ministries more," so they say, "I'm going to use 
just again for round numbers, 10% of my offering and five of that is going to go to youth ministries and the other five is going to go to building fund, building fund. Fine. But, but the idea is your local church. Okay. With the offering that stays, they should have a budget and that budget Mm -hmm. should have a percentage of that amount that comes in that gets put into different things because, you know, we like going to churches and we like our churches to look nice. That costs money. Uh, we want them to be comfortable, temperature-wise. Air heated, that depending stuff. of... Right, that costs money. No one agrees with it in the room, whether it's too hot or too cold. <laughs> too hot, too so hot or too cold at the same stuff. time. Yeah. We, we, we've been having this <laughs> argument over here. Uh, not an argument, it's a conversation over here where we're staying. That's nah, an argument. Hot. Anyhow, so... <laughs> they have it set to like 77 degrees in here. No, it's 70, That's set to 72. It's 73 indoors, it says right now, but it's still hot in here. So anyhow, the idea is this. <laughs> <laughs> You can have a little more control on where your offering goes. Um, but again, um, it is a free will offering. And that is kind of what you get to support your local ministries. I, I right, think so, what, go oh. Well, I just, uh, I, I think it's interesting that, you know, like you said, a budget, church budget is broken up into different percentages. Some goes to Sabbath school expense. Some goes to support the local school or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's very similar to how we have a tithe dollar Mm -hmm. broken down. Exactly. So I do see, and Gary, if you're listening, just please know, (laughs) just, just, just kind of talking about this, but, but I do see how, how there could sometimes be a question Mm -hmm. as to why, you know, the, the, the conferences of the storehouse versus, you know, the local church. Right. So let's talk about the pros and cons of that. Because there are pros and cons to that. And that's what I wanted to get into a little bit. I wanted to get into that and I wanted to get into uh, ministry salaries. Yeah. Because I believe those are two interesting topics that are talked about a lot. And I, I believe it's it's nice to be transparent. So there are blessings and curses that. So obviously a local church that is congregational, which means they don't, their money doesn't go out. They basically, everything come, goes and stays within. There's a, there's a benefit to that. You get to keep all the money. And whatever you do, so that church can do whatever they want. It's a huge ministry. If they want to focus on something, they don't have to give the money to another part of the organization or to another church. It stays within. So that local church can seemingly do more, right? right? At least for their community. And even if they want, hey, if they want to send missionaries, they can decide, hey, we want to do this. So there is a lot of people see that and look at other churches and be like, man, if we kept our tithe, we could do this. We could build this building. We could... We could do this, this, and this. Yes. Judas was right in what he said about Mary, that we could use this money for something else. Mm, interesting. Just saying, okay. when, whenever, when, I'm not saying you're saying this, but whenever I hear no, like- I'm not saying, I'm saying that, that's no, some people do. Whenever I hear like, oh, we could use this money for, I was like, yeah, if God set things up, we could, he's, he's right. We could use different, like, but the, the way God has things, I think there's a reason for the way we do things, there's been thought out, and I think mm-hmm. there's positives to it. But yeah, if we just sit and think what the money could do, I think we're missing the point. But I'm saying that's but what yeah, some yeah. people see as yes. a positive, yes. as a, doing a congregation, like you were saying, like, hey, we could do more at our church if we didn't have to give this money away. Now, you here's, see here's, a, here's a blessing of the opposite side. Right. We get to help smaller churches around the world who maybe wouldn't have enough money to not have a pastor. Yeah, anything. That's what I was going to say. It's usually the larger churches that say, we could keep like if they would have a bigger mm. tie than a bit. We yeah, should usually yeah, the smaller churches don't help. say that because, <laughs> because a lot of the smaller churches, like you have some pastors that are over three churches, and if 
the the support stopped from the larger churches, that pastor may have 10 churches mm-hmm. or 20 or whatever. Like you have some support and throughout the world too. And I think it's a positive thing that somebody in, in a small town is going to make in our system is going to make the same as somebody in a huge, mm. huge church. And that's the positive of the other side. Yeah. Well, what, yeah. We're, what we're describing, where unless I you're right. a pastor of a big, big church, you might see that as a negative, yeah. but I, I also, oh, go ahead. Well, you know what I'm saying? What we're describing is revenue sharing. That's, that's what we're yeah. describing mm-hmm. for those of you who want to turn for it. And what it is is that the bigger the bigger churches are helping the smaller ones that don't get the same amount of funding. So is right? our tithe principle a little socialistic? Uh, yeah, some could say that. Interesting. In the way that we in the way that we treat it, right? But but the idea is that there has to be an element of trust. Oftentimes, the conversation becomes when my church, like you know, I use the church where I'm at, um, generates a, a lot of money, right? Right. And when the conversation becomes, you know, if we were to keep our tithes, we could do more. Oftentimes that oftentimes, not all the time, oftentimes uh, what's behind that is control. Mm. And we isn't that able a- to control what is happening. And it's more of that consumer behavior where it's like, if I'm going to give money to this, mm. I want to control where it goes and what it does. Yeah, right? because isn't that a little narrow sided to say if we kept it, we could do more. When in reality, if your church is going around the world, exactly, it might be doing more we, we don't but know what we don't know but there's we a level know. of yeah. ambiguity yeah. because you don't necessarily understand what is uh what the function of the tithe is at the global level which is why it's important to have this kind of conversation right. we don't see it either like Correct. If it, my money if the money i gave goes to africa and baptize i don't ever see it but let me ask you this if you go on a mission trip you see it if you see your local pastor mm-hmm. like when i went to africa for a mission trip there was a local pastor there mm-hmm. how is he getting paid yeah, with, when they're not I mean, hardly any some of that does you. come from our world church. It has those, to. Yeah, yeah, because those locals might not be able to afford anything. Afford it. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I'll take it one step further, and then we, and then we can pivot. You know, to 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 get to where you were trying to go. But um, Auntie Ellen tells us that the reason why North America is so blessed that concept was for us to be able to take this message to the world. Mm. And uh, and this is what our general conference is trying to accomplish. So. We got to understand that it is bigger than just my community. And, you know, we have to trust. We have to trust the system. And, oh. hey, listen, we understand that there's humans. Mistakes happen. Oh, yeah. There's times Certainly. when human error comes in. And we need, to, we need to realize that God is still in control. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about a little bit about um, pastor salaries and, and that kind of stuff. Because there's, you know, there's some interesting debates lately, especially about when as inflation goes up, we start to feel it. There's a big debate in a lot of boards about let's say hospitals or schools, higher educations, they're trying to now start pay their teachers more and now start to pay their, like the hospital system left the church payment scale a long, long time ago. Right. And they're on a a little bit higher scale. It's a real business world. My dad was an administrator back. Mm. Like when I was a kid, he got subsidy for me as a student. And that went away. Like he was under the church model. Mm -hmm. But it more than made up for it, didn't it? I don't know. I don't know how much... I don't know how much he made, but yeah. it wasn't like today's CEO oh. uh, level. Like we were in small little 40 bed hospitals. So, mm-hmm. um, but that went away halfway through and the model started changing. Changed towards more of a. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, that's why he left is because of the heavy oversight, um, like the stress level of it really wasn't worth it for mm-hmm. his life. Anyways. Well, I, I know there someone, comes big I'm not going to mention them. Big demand. Mm-hmm. But they were in the. They were in the hospital system. And when they first got in, they were in a job that was a little bit more Adventist pay scaled. 
and they got subsidy. Then they moved over to the other (laughs) portion of it. And they're like, yeah, man, I lost subsidy. It's a bummer. And I was able to find out a little bit how much their raise was. Let's just say it was worth it. Well, and the raise lasts longer than your kids are in school. Like your kids are in school 12 years or, or a little longer. If you, I guess get, if you get longer, if you get 18 or whatever, however, it, long, however many It years. wasn't a sacrifice. No, but that's what I'm saying. You only get that subsidy. You get that benefit for only the years your kids are in school, yes. not your whole career. If you're making more your whole career, that's obviously an improvement. I feel like there's a dichotomy though. Like I think the skill set that goes in, I'll be careful. Like I don't know if I have the skill set, but when I look at like pastors that I work with, I'm – in awe sometimes of the skill set that they have and the, the amount of things that are dealt with on a daily basis and the amount of different things you have to deal with. Like to do that in the corporate world would be a lot more. But I also don't think, I also think it's a mission work. I think you're, it's a calling. I think like that if you raise too, like so high that people go into it just for the money, I think mm. there's a huge problem with that. If, if, I, if I'm greedy and going for the money, then I should not be a pastor. Like So there's this dichotomy, this balance that has to be found. I'm not saying we have it. I don't know. I just, I know that there's in the corporate world, the skill set that I see of my peers is uh, amazing mm-hmm. and they would be making more in the corporate world, but we, we're in a mission field. And, but I do want to eat. Well, <laughs> like, well, yeah. there, there, there is a balance. Um, but I, 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 w- I would say this. I, in hospitals, now I, I'm going to be a little bit critical. I do believe a little bit of the mission left when they left that mission. Now, did we get more competent people? Probably. Probably. Our hospitals are really modern and well done. Probably more heavily regulated, too. I, that I don't, that I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. But I also have seen... I don't want. I don't want to. Say, I don't want to judge people, but I do feel like there there is a compromise when you go that direction. And now... I, for instance, in finance committees or in other boards, we hear stuff like, hey, the pastors need to be paid more. And this is coming from business people world. Yes, like, hey, I've you need to pay them more. Yeah. But we are blessed. I mean, I, I look at my oh. life. I'm like extremely blessed and happy with where I'm at. If I, you know, if I wasn't making it, I'd have to make some life, some other changes. Right. right. But but it's difficult. But again, I go back to the mission. It's but is it that difficult? Uh, so see, see, let me, let things, me. things are difficult, but we're blessed. That's what I was going to say. That's what I would say. So like, I'm not like angry or like, man, I wish this, but things can be difficult certain times. Things can sure. Yeah. But I, I've, I've often said this and I've said this curse you a lot and I'll say it again. And I'll say it to his face every time. <laughs> All right. Me as an, as a North American pastor during my career, I've had to sacrifice nothing in my life. Nothing of main of good, of value. Like I've always had a roof over my head. I've always had food. I've always had cars. I've always had internet. I've always had a TV. I've always had the things I've needed and more. I've never been in a place where even some of my congregation have been. I've always been more comfortable than a good portion of my congregation at times. Think about the early missionaries and the early people of our church. They sacrificed so much and got paid nothing. They were bivocational. They were giving of their time. You hear the missionary stories where they'd have to actually pray for their daily food. I've never had to pray for my actual daily food. I pray for my food every day. You know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) And so I always get a little bit like, would I like to get paid more? Sure. Who wouldn't? But I also feel like we need to realize, and what I love about our Adventist church is that we have all of us around this room, no matter what church we're in, are in the same bracket. 
Mm-hmm. Like pastors in our church. That's make the not same true money. across North America. Like I feel like when, when I move from another place, I won't. You know, if people know me; they know where I can. You know, I got a, a pay raise, but the cost of living is about the same as the two, at least from my feeling, like my experience. Mm-hmm. So when I came to this conference, so there's a suggested, and then there's conferences that can petition lower. But we're and, within. Uh, yeah, no, we we are. But I'm saying other conferences are below where where they and then they they there's other conferences that find ways to pay people less and I don't like I, like it should be the same. Mm-hmm. I'm agreeing with that. No, it, but it I'm saying relatively we're still like it's not such it's not like someone makes 150 and one makes 50. No, I They're would say all within kind of within a within 20 within 20,000. We have a range. Yeah, oh. within 20,000. Oh, maybe if you within, get a big cost of living adjustment. Well, no, well, uh, if no, you're in a different yeah. state, it yeah. does change because yeah. some some states, like if, if you're ministering in New York or in California or one of those, but there have places. a huge cost of living. That's cost of living. There's there are other places that don't have cost of living that get approval to pay pastors less. I'm just saying that. I'm no, not saying they're hugely less. Conferences can, well, I'm, can, I'm just saying. can make decisions. Yes, <laughs> they have the freedom to adjust that accordingly. But yeah. but there's a remuneration scale. That's voted by the NAD. Yeah, but that doesn't have and to be followed. And people are out of policy. How does it not have to be followed? Because the remuneration scale is only applied if your conference can show the tie dollars that yep. they can cover. Yeah. Okay. So right, we're, we're, we're getting above people's so, heads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, but it is true. We do have a scale that we're supposed yeah. to follow. Based on your education level, yeah. ordination. Right. And I would say most people follow yes. that. Yes, yes. Most agree. conferences do, but there are some that can't afford it. And okay. this is where the revenue sharing mm-hmm. comes in, yeah. right? Because okay. the conferences that can you know, help some other conferences. Like for instance, our conference, George Cumberland reaches out and helps, I think it's in like two other conferences. Um, yeah, one is did. Micronesia, if I'm not mistaken. And then the other one is another conference. I, I don't During remember COVID, the exact one. Yeah. They did. They so, so, so the concept is, yes, we, we have a very, um, an approach that's trying to be fair and equitable to everyone. And, and it's also trying to, to displace the competition that could ensue. Yes. If, if some conferences paid more than others, some churches paid more than others, um, then uh, it would it, it could create a competitive environment within the pastors to try to reach certain places, right? And other denominations do that. Other denominations, when you're more congregational, the smaller churches, that pastor makes less money, and the big, huge churches, those pastors are bank. Right, right. Like, like, like those that have private jets and have mansions and Bentleys and stuff like that, right? So the concept is this, though, PJ. I want to go back to something you said. Right. You know, I say praise the Lord that that's been your story, but you know that's not every pastor's story. Um, there are pastors that have had to go on food stamps to be able to make it. I, I would um, say, I would say North America that is rare, and, and and I would say that if we went to another country, I have seen pastors. I've lived with pastors side by side in another country. Yeah, that their daily living is unbelievably small. Oh yeah, and well, they, and they travel a ton. They sacrifice time with their families a ton. Like, I, yeah. Well, but again, that's not apples to apples, because yeah, you're gonna go outside of the North America, and for the most part, you can go to almost anywhere, throw a dart at a map, and you're gonna find other people in other countries that are not as privileged as those who are in the United States of America. I agree. We know that's this. why I said so as a not, pastor of a North America, we've made very little sacrifice. Right, but however, in North America, there's still that. There's still a segment. It may not be the majority, but there's still a segment of people that do struggle because see, oftentimes what happens is if you're remunerated like a quote unquote missionary at home, the cost of living at home is very different than a missionary's cost of living wherever they're living across like overseas. 
So, and yes, they, they try to adjust for that, but you know, praise the Lord that you've had that opportunity to not sacrifice like that. But I know pastors who that's not their story. And that's what I'm saying. Like I, I get it. And I, and I, it's not like we want to make pastors rich. We understand that when we took on this calling um, and this vocation, right. There is a level of sacrifice because like Jeff said, if, if I were doing some of the things that I'm doing here out in the business world, yeah, it, my story would be very different. And I've had the opportunity to serve in both. No, no, thank you. <laughs> Not interested. Um, so, so the concept is, I, I hear where you're coming from, and I'm not discrediting what you're saying, and I'm saying that's great that that's your story, but that's not everybody's story. I would okay. Go ahead. I, I wonder if I don't know if that's based off of pay, though. There has to be other circumstances. I mean, we we're we, we're above the median. Income, or we're right at it. Some some pastors, some pastors are hired, even today in certain states, that make they're supposed to work full time and they're being paid twenty to thirty thousand. That still happens in North America today. Yes, it does. But that's that's. um, But I'm I'm just saying that that's actually below pop. That's that's very small numbers. I agree. Right, right. We're saying that I'm just saying that exists, but it does in our North American church. Today, that exists. So are you saying that that's, they're a normal pastor employee, not a lay pastor, not a they're different pastor? They're supposed to work full-time. No, 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 that, but there's a difference. And, 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 and I will say, yeah. there is a little bit of probably taking advantage of that situation. Yes. But if you are a pastor by the conference, NAD supported, full-time, yeah. there's not a, a, a lesser thing. I've seen it. Okay. I mean, unless the, unless the pastor I'm talking to is lying to me, which is totally now, possible, but I'm just telling you what I've taught, who now, I've talked to. Now, again, yeah. um, at this table, how many of us have worked in other conferences? I've, do, uh, I've worked in three conferences. Okay. I worked in two. And PJ says he's worked in two. I've worked in three plus a mission overseas. You've done overseas. Yeah, you've gone overseas. Okay. So, so the idea is um, when, when, you, when you get outside of our setting, right, the world looks a little bit different mm-hmm. and, and not, let me not say the world. I'm going to say the uh, Adventist behavior, right? Changes depending on where you are, because again, a lot of these conferences have the freedom to yes, look at what the NAD is recommending and still do their own thing. So, so that causes a predicament for some pastors that would expect to be treated equally, Right. And their story is not the same. Now, there are other elements, like Josh said, you know, there, there are other elements that could play into it. Right. And there's some that are like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not the majority. This is not the majority. And I, and I, and I said that, but, but yes, there are some pastors that, well, they just don't know how to manage their money well. Right. And there are some pastors that um, their wives don't work. And there are some pastors that have more kids than others. Right. So there are some other dynamics that play into the desire to get paid more. Right. But you and I know that this is not just an issue that our church is having with this current inflation rate. Like there are people now, members of our church that are also struggling with the inflation because their pay is not keeping up with the inflation that they're facing. So when you talk about that, then it starts to become a little bit even more difficult. Right. But this takes me back again. Now I I say this, this takes me back to that whole concept that God has provided Mm -hmm. and that we are living well, we, we get a living wage, 
for the most part. <laughs> you know, for, listen, on, I, on the on the on the more positive side of the living wage. I understand you know? you're saying there's people with this story. Yes. Okay. There's people with this story, and and I understand that overall. But we can find the person in any story that's it's just an outlier, a, an, outlier an outlier of yeah. the thing. But for the most part, I agree with you that in North America, pastors have it really well. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. And, and, and you know, I've lived in three other conferences. I mean, worked for two other conferences. Everyone was blessed, and they weren't blessed as this conference. Mm-hmm. I worked overseas. That's when I really realized, oh man, I've sacrificed nothing in my life. Perspective. I, I, it gives you perspective. It, it gives you yeah. a totally new perspective. And really, what? Anyways, I, I I'm I'm. I get a little angsty when people get angsty. <laughs> <laughs> we get angsty, angsty. I get yeah, angsty yeah. when people get angsty about finances because, listen, I know at some point there may be a time when things don't go my way. Mm-hmm. And I would like to think that in that time I would have even more faith than I do now. I would want to. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we almost feel like in a way, oh, we deserve that. We deserve this thing. But when we have a lot, we, then we say, oh, but that's God's money. What's God's money when we have little or a lot? Yes. It, it's God's situation. We have a little. Now, if you're being taken advantage of, God will take care of that eventually. Like, 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 yes. yeah. like the prophets who weren't doing well. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, there's, there's, there's a lot more we could probably talk about, but we might be boring some of you when it comes <laughs> to finances. No, 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 no. I don't know. Anything from you guys over there? I know you guys aren't used to talking to us, but. <laughs> they're doing fine. They're doing yeah. fine. Oh, yeah. Are you doing some research over there? I was just looking up the remuneration. Okay. I knew it. I knew that. I, if I had to guess, I knew that's what he's doing. <laughs> when awesome. CMAS gets on something, oh, he gets on something. Well, because I don't, I don't think, and I don't, I can't speak, Jeff, who you talk to, but it's very rare, according to this, that people would be making variations in the adjustments yeah. of that scale. So where, where we would see it, that is if they're not a technical, I've, I've seen where they're not technically an employee of the conference, but they're more of a lay pastor or more of a this where they take them off the remuneration scale. Correct. Mm-hmm. I have seen that. Well, I can give more details not it, on air. Okay. I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. About? But, so but, the, no, but there I'm is a difference between an ordained <laughs> minister, commissioned minister, and a licensed minister. So there's mm. some people who are just yes. licensed, and that is significantly lower because they haven't had the training that all of us had. Right. The one thing that it does say in there is if there were performance issues, they could reduce your remuneration. Oh. I just have to say. And it has to come from a... Uh, like an appraisal of your work performance. Gotcha. For those of you who aren't here in the room, which is a lot of you, if you're listening, Chris has like a research face. Like he <laughs> saves it for when he's yeah, researching. It's, it's like, great. Yeah, like he has, he, you know, he's researching. That will love and it. he's pretty good at researching finance yeah. stuff. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So PT, do you, is there something you no, wanted you, to share I just, yeah. uh, with this? I saw you, you were brewing too. Um, no, I, this whole conversation kind of bogs me down a little bit because mm-hmm. I think I, one of you guys said it earlier, the whole, the whole concept, I hope that, most pastors will have is a mission minded. Mm. I've been called to this. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we are yes. blessed to have incredible finance people in our church mm-hmm. that have kind of come together over the years to give guidance in how we are paid and how the financial structure all works. Um, but when we have these conversations, I feel like sometimes it's so easy for all of us pastors and other people to kind of even get sidetracked a little bit from what mm. the true mission is all mm-hmm. about. Um, North America day today Christian church has has totally progressed from the 1800s when our when our church started mm-hmm. as as mission minded people started the Advent movement mm. and and so much of our model has probably kind of even been gathered. Yes, I do believe God has led throughout the years as um, He has 
been with the Adventist Church and, and helped guide us to where we are today, but a lot of principles and ideas have come from other denominations as well, yeah. of how they're structured as and well, even the and so forth. And so, yeah, I was trying to find a quote about how the church has progressed throughout history, and, and, and today the church in North America is more known as big business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so forth. But we, we see this model so often in other churches, and why aren't we like this and whatever else? And so it can easily distract us when we're like, mm-hmm. hey, I wish we were getting paid more. I wish this was better. You know, whatever that is, we've got to keep in mind as ministers, we're blessed with the money that we receive. Um, we are missionaries located here, wherever our church may be. And, and, and to just go and, and whatever our pay may be to go and, and do the work that we've and been to called use to that do. pay to glorify God. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, I know we're getting long in time. We're going to have to do part two of getting this, but because there's, there's a little, there are a couple other elements that I, that I think that when pastors are saying we should get paid more is also because of the, in some cases, unspoken requirements that are imposed on us that do impact, um, what we do and how we live right so we we can we can pick that up in, in like you're not one. supposed to have a luxury car or something uh, like that well, uh, oh, or no, what no, no, could you speak to that i'm talking about no no i'm talking about g-wagon sorry that goes back to a private conversation oh no 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 so so oh no 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 no. i'm not listen i am very much for the for the nicer things in in life but that's not even it i don't need the church's help to do that kind of stuff but but the point is that um we there are other responsibilities that are placed on us because we're pastors that are in some cases unspoken and in other cases they are requirements and I think that it's important for us to also address those things because I think it's an added layer to the conversation of then if you're going to expect me to do X, Y, and Z, then we should be remunerated in that sense as well, right? So I don't want to say so much. It's kind of like a teaser for I don't know part, if part two. Part two, but maybe, maybe. Uh, but, I- interesting. But I, I have some more things that I can add to it. But I know, I, time, I, I know gonna, where oh. you're going. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for listening to the Diversity on a Hill podcast. Um, hope hope you enjoyed this. I know we got deep into the woods with some of this uh, finance stuff, but hopefully you learned a little bit. Yeah. Um, ultimately, though, God is blessing, as we said in the last one. Yes, he God is. will supply everything we need. Yes, he will. And at least for my story, more than I have ever needed. Um, and hopefully, you know, we use those things to, to glorify God. Yeah, and we again, we want to hear from you. If, if we caused you to have any questions, um, write to us, diversityonahill at gmail.com, diversity with the C for first-time listeners. And then also, uh, for, if you're joining us on the IG, well, no, not joining us on the IG, but you can also reach us on the IG at Diversity on a Hill. So, PJ, you going to pray for us? Yeah, let's pray real quick. Dear Holy Father, thank you for your blessings. And Lord, may we use them to honor you. And Lord, give us the ability also to never minimize your blessings. Mm-hmm but to use them for your glory and honor. Because, Lord, at least in the Bible, some of your biggest miracles were done with the least of the things. And so, Lord, may we remember that. and Not fret, but instead uh, have faith that you will take care of things. Thank Amen. you, Lord, for giving us money that we can tithe on. That's right. Money that we can build your kingdom with, and may we do it with it. Thank Amen. you for your love and grace, and we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the... Oh, did you hit your head there? That was good. <laughs> 
I'm not going to say who it was. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to Diversity on the Hill. This is PJ, and I'm out. Peanut, and I'm out. Right, PT, nice. yeah, PT's out. CMAS, and I'm out. <laughs> this is Jay Wu, and I'm out. PG, till next year. Till next year? We got another episode. No, we got another one. <laughs> till in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week. Man, you got to get professional at this. In a few like, minutes for us. You're letting them, you, few, listen, we, we're okay with letting people behind the curtain, but man. To some point in the future. Most likely next week, folks. <laughs> and PK, hear me. Blessings. Till next time.